0: july 6th pff forecast we have got a fun one today we're going to uh recap all of the win totals and season-long stuff that we really liked um bets that we liked over the course of the god how many uh division previews we did that'll be a lot of fun and then we're going to talk a little bit about our plan for the rest of the hopefully short offseason um eric by the way The song, the intro song, I like it a lot. The intro song makes me feel like you know Entourage is about to happen. We got one single request that missed the uh, the old the old music, so we're gonna play it at the end. I feel like that's fair.
1: We our reviews have gotten so we got an iTunes review from Tickle Whisperer that said, uh, "This is a great podcast, fact based analysis on what really matters in the context of the NFL." Now featuring non depressing music in all caps. I dispute that I like the lulls and I think that having them at the end will still be a good value add, but that was an interesting one.
0: Help set the tone. Um, I don't, I only want to know one thing about your July 4th cause I assume it was nondescript and included a lot of distancing. What was the best thing you ate?
1: Uh, fried chicken. I don't know. Like we didn't have really, I mean, we just you didn't kinda, go all
0: out. huh? We didn't go all out. Like
1: you said, like, you know, it makes me a pariah sometimes, but I was distancing from everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, ultimately I was not, real, you know, the, the food is fine. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like uh, we had ribs or something like that.
0: Okay. Well, you, what perfect about you? segue, perfect segue, ordered a meal, pretty excited for it. Uh, the number one thing I was looking forward to was the ribs. And it's one of these things where you go, you pick it up, it's all in a bag, you walk in one at a time you pick it up you know it's it's a whole thing right and get home unpacking it number of ribs per person oh no two 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 just enough to make sure that when they said ribs plural they weren't lying needless to say before i even ate Are a we... single bite there was an email fired out to the restaurant demanding an apology Have you i was i was livid
1: have you? Maybe they're just preparing you for America's inevitable decline. So like are we? The, are we going to have to be satisfied with two ribs from now on?
0: Is that like more, the new normal hashtag? I told them. I said, look, I I love beans as much as the next person, but if my ratio of beans to ribs is four to one, that's a problem. So they claimed that the ribs were part of like the appetizer course and whatever. So that's how they got around it, but. That's my that's my July 4th tale of woe. So I just sat at home and and I made up for it with ice cream and tequila. That was what I did. So, anyways, um, we're gonna do we're gonna kind of go back and forth. We have written down, and maybe there'll be a few that we forgot. We'll try to keep it to like five, six, seven-ish per person, depending on how much time we have. We're trying to go shorter here so that you know there's no commutes anymore. So um and we'll just kind of alternate back and forth. I'm sure you'll have some. That I have. And if that's the case, we don't need to mention them twice. Uh, we can just talk about them a little bit. So, um, most of these lines are from Bet Online. So the props are going to be from Caesars. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just kick off. What is your first one uh, on your list?
1: Well, this one actually, I went shopping a little bit.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> you hate to see it. Um, but I, I think I showed you this one the other day. We talked about Washington, the the Washington Washingtons. I think is probably the Mm -hmm. best we can do right now. Um, So they were over five and a half wins at plus one hundred on Bet Online. They're over five wins minus one twenty on FanDuel Sportsbook. Our friends from the draft. I'll take. I mean, either one of those is probably fine with me.
0: That's that's one I like the most. Yep, I have both. Um, When you sent me five at minus 120 I was like oh man if if they fucking change it and I can't get it because you got it um I'll be pissed luckily they didn't so I got five as well um the, the name thing is so interesting I, I have got to think I've got to think this helps um the organization like from a win perspective and I think this is kind of, like this is kind of out there but riddle me this living in Washington DC I can tell you Um, or quarantining in Washington D.C. I can tell you that no one gives a shit about this team. Like, they just don't. And part of the reason I have to believe is that their name is fucking awful. (laughs) So if they got a new name that people could rally around, that that you didn't feel bad about saying, that you didn't have to tiptoe around, like, you might see people show up and actually be excited about these games. That just didn't happen last year. They have a, I think, underrated quarterback in Dwayne Haskins, played really well down the stretch one of the best receivers in Terry McLaurin. and we talked about him, uh, number two highest, second highest graded rookie in PFF uh, history, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, like 86.5. Um, and then they drafted the best defensive player in the draft. Like five wins feels easy.
1: Yeah, there, and I'm actually writing this up for, um, for the website for tomorrow. Um, here, here are my only concerns about this. And you said one of these the other day. Who's Washington throwing to, besides McLaurin? Right. So you're looking at Steve Sims, Kevin Harmon, but then they have Emmanuel Gandy Gold or Antonio Gandy Gold. I'm sorry. There you go. Co- That's all you need to know. Cody Latimer, who's a uh, you know player who's played in the league before. That's a tricky one. Here's a but and and here's another one as far as like a reason not to bet. Haskins was the 10th highest graded quarterback and the highest graded quarterback in the NFC East after a week a week 11 to 17 last year only the only issue i have is that he had the highest rate of catchable inaccurate passes meaning you know he was a little bit helped out by the receivers you know i don't know he he still had like the sixth highest eight out in the league at the time so it wasn't like he was a dink and dunk guy that was you know yeah. sort of sam bradford bringing his way through our system he like was a legitimate NFL quarterback in the second half of the season so I don't know. Yes. I, no, I, that's
0: that's super fair. And I'll add this. So uh, our simulations had them going over five wins 91% of the time. Um, yeah. Decent. Uh, but there's also this. They haven't had leadership in that organization in forever. So say what you want about Ron Rivera as like an on-field coach. Yep. But he's going to bring that. I mean, you go from having like Dan Snyder being the kind of head of the organization and, you know – Regardless yeah. of how you feel about him, like it's very clear that there were some issues that people had with him. You don't want that. So Ron Rivera is a pretty universally liked guy. I've got to think that helps them.
1: He also he has not over. had like a really bad I mean, so you look like he took over a Panthers team in twenty eleven that was what two and fourteen with Jimmy Clausen. Right. Now they had Cam Newton, but they were they they have only ever bottomed out to six and ten during his time with, with Carolina until last season he was five and seven before he got fired. Um, that's a good step in the right direction. The organizational one's interesting because there were reports this week that that basically three people who mm-hmm. own a combined 40% of the Washington franchise have been trying to get out. Yep, including um, including uh,
0: Fred Smith, FedEx guy.
1: Yeah, so maybe there's some issues there. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, the problem is, is Washington had been so poorly run for so long that I, I agree with your sentiment that any change is probably good. Yeah. So again, like I would say, five is probably a good one. I would take the five with the extra juice rather than the five and a half, just because, you know, I, I look at their schedule. Like one thing that I did notice that was pretty interesting is they they get to face the Giants post by, and the Giants aren't post by. So like even if you're like thinking about again that win total comparison we had at the end, like they have a, a somewhat favorable schedule. Six out of the first ten games are at home. Um, you know, they're. Their division's not as bad or not as good as people think. Like there's a lot there there for the Washington team. Uh, All
0: right, now uh, one of the first ones on my list, Um, the Baltimore Ravens at eleven and a half. I have them under. uh, That's minus one fifteen on Bet Online. Happens about two thirds of the time uh, in our simulations, and I I just, to me, it's so hard to win twelve games in the NFL. First and foremost. And it's also just so hard to play from ahead over and over and over again, which is something that they continuously did. And we talked about, you know, Lamar Jackson had this incredible statistical season. And one of the things that stuck out to me in looking at him was he was the highest grade of quarterback under pressure last year. Now, do I think that Lamar Jackson, Would I bet on him being above average again this year Yeah, probably. Like, if there's a guy that's going to handle pressure decently well, it'll probably be a guy that can escape from anyone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the guy. But I don't expect him to be one. And he could regress quite a bit and still be decent. You know, it could be 12, 13th, 14th. That wouldn't be a shock to anyone. Um, And to me, that is going to, uh, you know, that is going to contribute to the Ravens probably just being in less advantageous situations. They're going to get everyone's best shot. They're a team with a lot of swagger. And here's the other thing. They drafted a running back high in the draft. So as much as I love the, hey, we go for it on every fourth and one, fourth and two, um, I'm going to push back on the, a little bit of the analytics love that they've been getting um, and go under 11 and a half. They can have a great season and go 11 and five.
1: Yeah, right. And, and it depends upon how that division is. I mean, they went from a division with probably the worst, one of the worst quarterback play in the NFL – Mm-hmm. Um, to one where we might see some of the best um, you know Mayfield you know adding to him Stefanski going to improve him I think but then you look you go Dalton to Burrow in Cincinnati and then you go Rudolph and Hodges to Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh you know let's say they go four and two against their division well now they're already 40 percent of the way to the losses you need there and they're all they're facing a first place schedule which includes Kansas City uh, Houston's probably is not a, an easy out, even though it looked that way a season ago. So yeah, it's just hard to do that. And and it's hard to avoid, like if, you know, heaven forbid Lamar Jackson gets injured or sick and you have to play, uh, RG three for two, three games. Like, you know, there, there's just a lot there, there that I think makes that a pretty good bet.
0: Yeah. I mean um, it, I, you also, everyone loves Marquise Hollywood Brown. Um, if we talk about Cam Newton's, you know, foot injury, like that's what, he's been dealing with and to expect him to all of a sudden come in and play, you know, a full game, I think is a little, or a full season, I think is a little, um, you know, uh, uh, aggressive. Um, So I I don't know. We just, we saw in that playoff game, what happens when the Baltimore Ravens are faced with a little bit of, you know, unluckiness. And I think they just got, um, they got, we're on the right side of luck for the majority of, of last season. Not that they're not a great team. Everyone thinks you hate their team. If you go under not the case. I'm going to go under my favorite team at some point here. Um, you next.
1: All right. I, and this is also, let me look at, make sure what the number is at. Would
0: you? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, R- so real quick, is... real quick question. And this is a, a, something that just popped into my mind. We are normally smart. If you're following a mathematical model, you're probably going to take, I don't know what the ratio would be, but you're gonna take more unders than overs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is this year, particularly a year where that would happen when there i can't see how the pandemic favors like is there any reason for you to believe that good teams are going to be more averse to avoiding the coronavirus no I,
1: but at the same time like i do think
0: yeah i mean everything's just
1: more going to be more smushed towards the mean don't you think
0: that's that was my thought as well
1: so so you're you're going to take overs on teams like washington uh the one i'm going to talk about in a second here and you're going to take unders or lay off completely teams like kansas city and baltimore right Mm -hmm. teams like philly teams like you know teams where and and we saw it even like Philly's but they've hung philly like what 10 11 wins last few years and Mm -hmm. it's like look at all the stuff that can go wrong and philly still has they still achieve some of their goals. They win a division title. They win a playoff game a couple of years ago. But they still go under the total. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so here's one that I I like because there's a lot of certainty built into this. And it's it's overs minus one ten on Bet Online. It's actually even money. If you look at uh FanDuel Sportsbook, you probably even mm-hmm. get better than this. But I like Houston over seven and a half. Um Look, Deshaun Watson's a lot better than than most of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay. He's when it when his back's against the wall. I think you know you you often get the best out of him. Um, and you're not asking them to win the division again. You're not asking them to win to have a winning season. You're asking them to go 500. Uh, and you know when I look at you know this team, they have the 22nd hardest schedule in the NFL. This isn't like a a super hard situation for them. Yeah. They lose Deandre Hopkins, but does that mean that their win total, like, so it was eight and a half last year Does they lose a full win and going from Hopkins to Brandon cooks. No, I I, I don't think that I mean, so, and then Watson gets another year of improvement. Bill O'Brien gets another year as GM for what that's worth. Like I'm assuming that being a GM took away from his coaching ability to a certain degree probably gets better at coaching and he was already decent at it. The defense was terrible a season ago. It can't get much worse than what it currently, you know, what it is. And they're not going to lose Clowney at the last second, the way that they did last year. So I, I like, I, in a division where you're counting on Indianapolis to acclimate Phillip Rivers, you're counting on Tennessee that, to run as well as they did a season ago, like run good in terms of like, the you know, the luck and everything like that. And Jacksonville's an easy two wins, so like that. I that's where I like that. I do know they have a first place schedule, but you know, ultimately speaking, um, they do have a hard schedule for the AFC South, but they don't have a hard schedule in general.
0: Yeah, my one point here would be the one that I made about Deshaun Watson. I think back when we were talking about this, which is his bugaboo has been holding onto the ball way too long, and if you look at dropbacks uh, of three seconds or less or less than three seconds, I think it is. Only Mahomes and Drew Brees have a higher um, passer rating. And I think only four guys have a higher, or five guys have a higher PFF grade. So if he all of a sudden realizes he's got to kind of get rid of the ball a little more quickly, I think that's something that we saw him start doing a little bit last season, um, his, his uh, time to throw drop by over a tenth of a second. So, you know, that trend continues. Um, I think that could mean great things for them. Um, I like that considerably. I also like them, uh, to win the division um, brings me to uh, my next one, which is <laughs> uh, okay. Which one do I want to go with here? Let me go with this one. So uh, I'm going to stick in the AFC South um, and it's the Titans to win the division at plus 185. 85. Um, this is easily one of my favorites. We have them as a fairly definitive favorite to win the division. Um, and I guess the real question, so if, if you're saying, look, they're, the Colts are the favorite and, Titan, and the Titans are are the second favorite here, you have a really high opinion of really old Phillip Rivers in a new situation and a not-so-good opinion of Ryan Tannehill after having a great season he had last year. Yeah. So it depends on your confidence level in, in, in Tannehill. I, I just believe that the Titans – everyone talks about how the Colts are a super well-rounded team. I think the Titans are – Um, as well. Like, I I think they're pretty solid in a lot of different places and um, I really like Antonio Brown or, uh, sorry, A.J. Brown.
1: Who's the favorite in this division if you switch the quarterbacks? Between, between, like, let's say you gave Indianapolis. Between the Titans and the Colts, yeah. yeah. You gave Indianapolis Tannehill and you gave uh, and you gave the Tennessee Titans Rivers.
0: I would say I would say they're a little closer. I think the I think the public has a hard time. I think people just have a hard time seeing the Tennessee Titans as a favorite. Mm-hmm. I just I just believe that to be the case. What do you think it is? Uh, if they switch,
1: I think the t- I think the Colts are a definitive favorite if that's the case. And so when I look, well, I don't think it's, it's as def- I don't think <sighs> it's it's as definitive as. Uh, let me take that back. I don't know if I'm trying to make the point, but uh, making the point that I try to make. But I I look at the Colts. Sorry, I I think I think it's closer, like you said. But I look at the Colts. and I think okay, here are your three wide receivers. You have T.Y. Hilton on yep. year nine. Yep. You have Pittman as a rookie. You have Campbell as a second year player. Your tight ends are Jack Doyle and Trey Burton. Trey Burton a, a flop in 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 uh, the Chicago when he got a chance to be anything more than a third tight end. Running backs are fine, but again, you know they're they have an easy schedule. That's that helps them. You know that helps enhance what their running backs are worth. I think a little bit. But you look on the defensive side of the ball, and you're required. Your two starting cornerbacks right now are T.J. Carey and Xavier Rhodes. Like, yep. You know, if if you put if you put Rivers on the on the Titans, like you look at that team instead, and now you have you know Corey Davis is a former you know, top, you know, top pick. Uh, Adam Humphreys is a coveted free agent. Like, you know, that, that season ago, their tight ends are probably just as good in John New Smith and Anthony Perkser, And then you got a better backfield, frankly. And then on the defensive side of the ball, like, you know, everybody thinks the Colts are fine because they have Justin Houston and DeForest Buckner. But I kind of look at that and say, okay, well, I, I'm i seeing, you know, Jeffrey, you know, I'm seeing Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, like younger guys, right? And then I look at the secondary, Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Christian Fulton, Jonathan Joseph, like they've like really taken the PFF, like, Hey, let's make sure that our worst five player or five, you know, the, the fifth best player on the secondary is actually okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, and then, so, okay. So if Tannehill regresses a little bit and, and Rivers elevates himself a little bit, like I still don't, I still don't see it being all that, um, you know, heavy of a move. Yeah,
0: I, I really believe that there is a strong belief that Derrick Henry and his amazing rushing helped Ryan Tannehill become a better passer. I I think that's the narrative out there. And I I don't see any reason why just watching like regular programming, people wouldn't believe that. So to me, that definitely devalues what Ryan Tannehill did. He was in the regular season, the highest graded uh, quarterback from a clean pocket. Is not a fluke. He wasn't like he was good under pressure. He had an over ninety pass rating, but in stable situations, he was also very good. Um, and I don't think that can be um, underestimated. Um, okay, your next one.
1: Okay, um, man, this number has not gotten better. I think a lot of people are more are um, are heavily into this now. Uh, I was going to say Detroit, but I think that that ship has sailed. Um, so here's what I'm going to go with just for the, the, like where you can chop around. Because at, 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 uh, FanDuel, you look at Buffalo's win total and it's eight and a half.
0: Um, make sure this, I see it at nine on bet online.
1: Yeah. And, and under, yeah. So it's eight and a half at, at FanDuel. At bet online, it's nine minus 115. I'm going to take that under nine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I have the same. For the same reason like and again like we don't want to bag on Josh Allen like I I do tend to agree with Silva that if you like Evan if you if he if you say like look conditioned on them going 12 and 4 Josh Allen's probably an MVP candidate Mm -hmm. like but you know conditioned on what I you know conditioned on a number of things a number of other things are true so like I, I just don't see that team especially now with New England having acquired Cam Newton and being a tougher out the Miami dolphins being a tougher out. I think the jets, everybody hates the jets, but I think the jets will beat the bills once this year, at least like, I just, you know, and then when you look at their schedule, you know, the bills have the eighth, what is it? Ninth toughest schedule in the NFL this year. Um, and toughest in that division, I believe. Like I just like, I, I, Josh Allen should not
0: be getting nine wins yet. I agree. I had this one too. Um, it just feels – it feels really um, – if you look at the Bills in isolation, I think you can see it. When I start to compare them to the other teams in this division and you go, okay, Cam Newton. I'd rather Cam Newton than Josh Allen. I know people are going to, like, start writing about this, but data backs us up thoroughly. Um, I'd rather have the Ryan Fitzpatrick to a combo. And Sam Darnold's the closest. They both kind of – they both sucked. Um, I'm not saying, like, that I would 1,000% – I would feel that confident in Sam Darnold over Josh Allen. Certainly not. But I don't – I'm not taking Josh Allen definitively over Sam Darnold. So how can you say, yeah, okay, 10 wins to the team with the worst quarterback or tied for the worst quarterback in a division? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. So yeah.
1: I mean, um, and you also look – and I, again, I, I really like the Bills and the way that they've done, they've gone about their business. But let's look for a second. They're, they, are, they are depending upon Josh Norman to play right corner for them. And Josh Norman was a below-replacement-level player last oh, season. He's
0: going to have Washington. a revival, though, in that system.
1: Levi Wallace is fine as a backup corner. EJ Gaines is fine as a backup corner. Uh, Teron Johnson was okay last season. But they are... More fragile than I think people give them credit for. Poyer, Hyde, and White are as good of a trio in the secondary as it gets. But when you don't have the fifth guy, fourth guy, and you know that that gets tricky, especially when you know teams can challenge you. And they just had an easy season in terms of being challenged last year.
0: Yeah, an interesting thing to watch here will be Stephon Diggs, out, fairly outspoken guy, right? Um, yeah, gets open downfield. So. Um. <laughs> You know, And Josh Allen was like the least accurate quarterback throwing the ball downfield. So that would be interesting to see. Um, our simulations have them going under nine, uh, nine or fewer, I think, uh, like 75% of the time. Yeah. So um, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, okay, my next one. You were right on the Lions. Um, it's six and a half over is minus 140, which um, I want to say is like you need to win 60% of the time is break even. I'm doing this in my head. Is that – Seems all yeah. like right, maybe right under, um, and we yeah, have 60. them over six and a half, about seventy, a little under, I think a little under seventy percent of the time. Um, so I still like that one, but I think yeah. for the Lions, I would I would rather go plus six hundred to win the NFC North, just a little sprinkle, just a little bit. Um, it, Matt Stafford has just been completely forgotten. I yeah. also like Matt Stafford at fifty-one, fifty to one as an MVP candidate, but six to one odds to win the NFC North in what I believe truly is a three horse race. Like I think it is Vikings, Packers and lions. I know the lions were catastrophic last year. I know they drafted a running back in the second round, but it's not as if the Packers didn't too. And it's not as if the Vikings didn't get rid of their best offensive player last year. So, you know, like both these teams have real uphill battles. The Packers won 13 games last year, but I, and I I did this for NFL Network a little bit over over the weekend. Like I looked at Aaron Rodgers' numbers, the dude had the lowest rate of positively graded plays in his career last year. Yeah. So I, I don't know. This is as much a a fade on the Packers and the Vikings as it is um, that I think the Lions are an underrated team. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones uh, are the best wide receiver duo. Notice what I said there. Um, the best wide receiver duo and Matt Stafford in this new offense was tremendous. I want to say he you was our how second.
1: refrain from being a Rube and say, Hey, look, Kenny Galladay has already more a thousand yard seasons than Devontae Adams, but <laughs> Devontae Adams has two 797 or 997 yard seasons. So, um, Good for you. but I, I refrain but people, people act like, you know, Galladay, you know, People, people, I think it was the most egregious thing they've ever heard in their life. It's like, I don't know, man. I, you know, The Packers offense, since they went to Adams as their lead receiver, has not been a good offense. So, you
0: know. I, I think it's legitimately close. Uh, it is legitimately close. Kenny Galladay is awesome. I thought Aaron Nagler made a really good point, which is Devontae Adams is the only guy on the Green Bay Packers and still manages to win. Uh, I totally understand that. That's a great point. Kenny Galladay had 16... 16- catches 20 plus yards downfield with David fricking blau throwing him the ball for half the year. So, um, Matt Stafford, number two, uh, I can't speak today. Second highest PFF grade from a clean pocket. Uh, when he was the starter last season, uh, we give them about a 20% chance to win the division implied odds, like 13 something percent at six to one.
1: All right. Your next one. Uh, okay. Um, man, there's so many, there's so many good ones. Um,
0: I, I am guessing. I'm playing a game in my head where I'm guessing where you're going to go next, and I think I know where you're going to go next.
1: I think I'm going to – hold on. Let me make sure that this is, is what it is. I'm okay. going to stick with the NFC North. Okay. Damn it. And I'm not going to take the sucker bet. I, I, look look here. I bet online under, for, under nine wins for Minnesota is minus 125. I did print that as a pick. Long time ago when it was minus one ten. So there's there's been some movement there. Happy about that. I'm gonna go to bet. I'm gonna go to FanDuel Sportsbook and take under eight and a half at plus one fifteen. I think the Vikings are going to be bad this year. And I and I and I think they've I, I think they got six oh, and ten. I think they got so great. I think they have six and ten written all over them. Yes, I they do. I understand that their their corners sucked and so they had to get rid of them, but they still have to replace them. I also, I also think that they had one of the easiest schedules in the NFL a season ago. And if we look at our strength of schedule here, they have the fifth-hardest schedule in the NFL this season, the hardest in that division. Um, Kirk Cousins benefited a lot from being ahead. Kirk Cousins benefited a lot from early down uh, success in play action, things that aren't necessarily stable, especially with respect to game script. And they don't get to play Brandon Allen, David Blau, Matt Moore. They lost to Matt Moore, by the way. Chase Daniel. They lost to Chase Daniel, by the way. Um, Aaron Rodgers should be improved from last season, uh, a team that they lost to twice, including as five-and-a-half-point favorites at home uh, with a chance to win the division. And, uh, you know, they have to play the NFC South, all four quarterbacks of which are better than Kirk Cousins. So I like them under, and I uh, – If there weren't, if there wasn't such a thing as limits, or if there, if there wasn't such a thing as limits, I might be on him a little bit more.
0: I, I don't. There's no way that I could top that. That was beautifully put. There are a couple of things that that scare me about Kirk Cousins. One of them is Kevin Stefanski being gone, and where Kirk Cousins thrived last year was the same fucking play. Oh, I've, I'm swearing too much today too. The same freaking play over and over again, which was play action, bootleg, he sits there, he waits. Stephon Diggs ties the cornerback and in safety into a pretzel. And then Kirk Cousins delivers the throw downfield. No Stephon Diggs. To be seen, whether Justin Jefferson can step in and be, I don't know, 60%, 70%, 80% of Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is really freaking good maybe the best route runner in the NFL. Um, you take that bit away from Kirk cousins and I'm worried. I'm worried about this team going all in on running the ball on early downs on Kirk cousins, having to try and drop straight back, uh, and win. So let me look here last year. Play action rate was 31.4%. It was 20. It was under 20% the year before. Um, I would be very worried about the, that regressing a little bit. Adam Thielen, um, I think, is really good. But is he really good where you feel where you feel great about your wide receiving core as being Adam Thielen, rookie, and Ola B.C. Johnson? I don't think so. And and
1: here's the other we're – we're missing the point, and I didn't even say the Vikings receivers, so I think I've already thrown that out there a number of times. We're not even – the bar isn't can they get a second receiver that's good. The bar is in the NFL currently is if they can get a third wide receiver. Mm-hmm, spin. Mm-hmm. Like last season they had Diggs and Thielen. And aside from a month, like that October month, where you know Cousins, you know, the the Vikings offense was amazing for like a good solid month there. Look, the map so they get the Washington game on Thursday night football, 273 yards through the air. Kansas City, 212. That's not a good Kansas City defense. Dallas, 211. That's not a good Dallas defense. The Denver Broncos, where they got behind against Brandon Allen by 20, came back and they had 285. They they did not eclipse 300 yards passing after week seven against the Detroit Lions. The whole season, uh, even in the playoff game against New Orleans, they were not a a team that could drop back and throw efficiently. And like I, I look at and again, when you look at the games that they played, Washington on Thursday Night Football, that was Haskins and and Pena. Okay. Matt Moore against Kansas. Yes, in the Dak game. But the Dak game, they kind of got lucky with turnovers and bad play calling. They definitely did. Denver was Brandon Allen. Seattle, they got beat in Seattle. Seattle roasted them because their defense sucks. Detroit, they got to play David Blau. Los Angeles, what they get, seven turnovers because Phillip Rivers was a pumpkin at the end of the season. And then they lost at home to Green Bay. And then they played Sean Mannion, who apparently ends up in the non Dalvin Cook on the field splits, by the way, when his agent sends that out. So let's just remember that um w- when Sean Mannion started so like this is a diff- it's going to be a different season we talk about them needing two wide receivers to replicate last year no when you're look you face Aaron Rodgers week 1 Philip <laughs> Rivers Philip so River, Rivers week 2 Ryan Tannehill yeah. week 3 Deshaun Watson week 4 Russell Wilson week 5 Matt Ryan week 6 Aaron Rodgers week 7 Matthew, are any of these quarterbacks worse than Kirk Cousins? Matthew yeah. Stafford, week eight. Then you get to Chicago, and by then Nick Foles is going to start. Remember what Nick Foles did to them in the NFC Championship game three years ago. Then Dak. Then Teddy, who's better than – Teddy is going to have the game of his life against the Vikings in that stadium. And then finally they get to Gardner Minshew, who – yeah. So you look at that schedule, it's not about two wide receivers. It's about, hey, we're behind. Let's get three wide receivers on the field and try to come back. And that was a Vikings team that was fish out of water last year. And that's how it's going to be all 2020 season.
0: That was great. All right, my next one is uh, a couple that I'm thinking about. I'm going to save Teddy for you. Um, one that I really like that I think – and here's the reason I really like it. I look at it, and I immediately go, oh, seems like a low number. Then I realize "Ah, the under is plus money. Why is this a low number? Oh. Oh, I I know which one. Oh, a quarterback that's absolute garbage in a stadium where they won't have a (laughs) single person either in the stadium ever, which, look, I know that the Chargers have not played with a single person in the stadium ever, but when there are people in in the stands, they won't be Charger fans. Um, it's seven and a half for the Los Angeles Chargers the under is plus 115 the over is minus 145 people think rightfully so that this is an incredibly talented roster they are I would say if you exclude the quarterback if you exclude the quarterback they are top five rosters in the NFL and the only place where you're a little worried is is offensive line but maybe the best def- uh Uh, defensive back group in the NFL. I think they probably are. They have two great pass rushers. Um, They have two great receivers, pretty darn good tight end. Um, But they have a quarterback that's probably going to be Justin Herbert because I have a hard time seeing take a guy at six and then go, you know what? You're going to sit on the bench if he's healthy enough to play. Which case, if Justin Herbert is the starting quarterback under seven and a half, I will take
1: can I can I piggyback off this? So I just looked at their schedule. Um, let's just put this down right now. Bengals plus three at home against the Chargers on Week One is plus is is plus a hundred. That's the bet. That's the bet to make <laughs> because TV. because look, look again, they go to Cincinnati. They're going to have the worst quarterback in that game. Yep. Home to the Chiefs. You know, L.
0: Well, I don't know. Home, home to the They'd Panthers. They'd have the worst quarterback if the Chiefs played their backup.
1: Yeah, home to the Panthers, which I think will be an interesting game at Tampa Bay, right? Yep. And whatever we know about Tampa Bay, I think in Week Four they're going to be engaged, right? You know, yep. and then at Saints. So, like, we're talking about a start here that could be one and four or oh and five. I mean, look, Teddy could go into San, you know, to, I almost said San Diego, Los Angeles, and win. But mm-hmm. this start is it's got like kind of crap written all over it and then you look at the and then you look at the finish here you go at bills patriots at home falcons at home at las vegas raiders broncos at home and then chiefs on the road to finish the season like this is not an easy schedule um we actually have them you look at schedule they're uh top 10 in terms of difficulty i love this pick great job thank you
0: I knew you'd like it. I knew you'd get on board with me there.
1: Yeah. And I, I can't do, te- I can't do two like terrible teams over here. So I'm not okay. doing the Panthers. And again, I'm not letting my Teddy, bro- I let my Vikings skepticism creep in. Yep. To you're an not letting level, it kill you twice. But I, I leaned it in. I leaned into Panthers it.
0: five and a half minus half minus one twenty though.
1: though. Um, I don't hate it, but you're going somewhere else. I'm going, I'm going out West. Okay.
0: Okay. And I know. I, I kind of think I know where you're going.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna like you know ram this down anybody's throat.
0: Um, mm. but I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna go with the lo- formerly St. Louis, currently Los Angeles so Rams. Terrible. I'm gonna go
0: how many people just said fuck this podcast after hearing that?
1: I'm gonna go under eight and a half. Uh, let me make sure that the price is the best here, but it's minus one oh five on BetOnline. Online. Yep. Um, it is minus one thirty on FanDuel. So you're actually getting a good deal, you know, if you go to BetOnline Online at minus 105 no I'm sorry it's minus 125 they flip them sometimes you're still getting a better deal on bet online. under eight and a half I'm gonna go with with the Rams here
0: (laughs) the interesting thing about the Rams is I want to feel as though last year like the couple years before it was like wow they just had everything working for them and last year, everything kind of went to shit. Like, their offensive line got injured. They had injuries everywhere else. They did. But then I look at it again, and I think, you know what? They kind of reaped what they sowed. They did not build depth. They invested in Todd Gurley. They went back to the well and invested in Cam Akers as their first pick in this draft. Um, and they have not adjusted. They do not run quick game. I do not understand how – they, they don't implement more quick schemes here. I mean, um, last season, Jared Goff's pass rating was above average when he threw in 2.5 seconds or less, and it was below average when he threw after. Yeah, But he was cont- he, once again in the league lead in terms of attempts thrown in 2.6 seconds or more. So, you know, like the, the interesting thing about um, the Rams last year were that they didn't really change what they ran but Jared Goff's time to throw decreased, and it, it was a large, largely a function of, well, he had to get rid of the ball. He didn't take a lot of sacks. So I, I am nervous about this team adjusting, especially especially with the pandemic, right? Like, if you were ever to say, here's an offseason where teams aren't going to have a whole new offense to, to run out there, a bunch of new schemes, like, this would be it. So I, I love Sean McVay and the Rams, but I think this is a smart bet as well. What, um, got, better,
1: what got better for the Rams this off season?
0: Exactly. The, the, the only thing that got better is that they don't have all these injuries again, right, which is, like, yep. in the NFL, that's just going to happen. So I think
1: I think one of the sneakiest offseason moves this year was Jim Fossil's son, John Fossil, and Greg Zerline both going to Dallas.
0: Yep, I agree. I like that a lot. Okay, um, let's do some quick hitters here to get out of here on this. Here are my remaining uh, win totals that uh, I like. Um, we talked about the Panthers. I have the Jaguars over four and a half at minus one I'm a Gardner Minshew believer. I'm worried that they are trying to tank, but I also four and a half is not a lot. Anyways. Um, I also have the San Francisco 49ers at under 10 and a half. And I say this as a San Francisco 49ers fan. Um, but 11 wins is a lot and they are going to regress a little bit. And on offense, it's going to be a hard road for them. You know, Debo Samuel's now hurt. He's going to have a screw in his foot, um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm a little concerned about the 49ers' offense. I think a little defensive regression is coming, um, and those are those are my remaining win totals. Do you have any others?
1: Um, let me let me.
0: By the way, are you it, with me on the Niners?
1: Yeah, I I took them. The only tricky thing about the Niners is um, you look at their schedule, and again, like all this could go up in the go up in smoke, right? Yep. But let's say like injuries do befell them. These are their first bunch of games: home Cardinals, road Jets, roads Giants, and they're probably going to stay o- over in the East Coast of yep, the Jets Giants. Home Eagles, home Dolphins, home Rams. Like that's six. That could be six and zero. Oh. Like that's that's, true. that's where I'm looking at that. And I'm like, okay, but. If they, if they, if you're sitting on an under ticket for San Francisco and they lose like two of these games, I think you're pretty set because at Pats, at Seahawks, and Packers at home, at Saints is the next four games. Yeah, we, and, the, we and then at Rams, Bills, yeah, they have the yeah. Cowboys and Seahawks in the in the month of December. It like gets it's a lot like last season where the early part of the year was really easy and projected. In the second half of the season going to be a lot harder. But um, you're right. Here, I mean, here's what good, I would say.
0: If you think that the Niners are winning eleven plus games, bet Jimmy G for MVP.
1: Yeah, well, and they have to win. They probably have to go five and one or better in those first six. Like that's and that's a hard thing to do for any NFL team. As we said, when the the our our null hypothesis is that things are going to smush towards the middle, that includes teams like San Francisco smushing towards the middle. If we're looking at a schedule and we see six and oh, <laughs> Help 4 God. and two might
0: be like more likely outcome. Yeah. All right, smoosh me towards the middle on some of your uh, other ones. Uh,
1: I, I'm i like kind That's of – I'm kind of up towards a, a fading of the Colts. I do like Frank Reich. I do like a lot of the things that the Colts do and the way they operate. But you're getting under nine wins at plus 105, um, which I just think is a value play uh, there. I like Oakland – or sorry, I like the Las Vegas Raiders at under seven and a half. Back when I printed it, it was minus 110. It's minus 125 now. I'd still take it. I think when you look at a team with poor home field advantage uh, last season, they were kind of a fluke to even get to the seven wins they got to with, you know, they didn't win any games by more than a score. Um, You know, that one's, you know, that one's pretty good. We talked about the Patriots last week under nine is still plus a hundred. If you can get that nine and a half at a reasonable price, um, you know, those are all ones you know under nine and a half on FanDuel Sportsbook for what it's worth is is minus 135. So it's probably I'd still shade towards the nine there, at even money. But um, yeah, uh, that's kind of where okay. I'm at.
0: I have some uh props. I'm gonna run through. Okay. I want I want a thumbs up or a thumbs down here. So I've comeback player of the year. I like Matt Stafford at plus 650. And as a long shot, I like Derwin James at plus twenty five hundred. Yes. Now that means that Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, and Matt Stafford basically kind of have to have meh seasons. But I don't believe that a person coming not coming back from injury is winning. So that takes out a decent uh, number of those guys. MVP, I like um, uh, Jimmy G at forty to one, and Matt Stafford at fifty to one. Your thoughts? Th- thumbs ups or thumbs downs on those?
1: Yeah, I like all those. I think you're fading Cam a little bit, right? Yep. Um, I don't mind that.
0: Okay. Uh, keeping it going. I like Coach of the Year, Matt Vrabel, twenty-five to one. Ooh. Yes, people love. Uh, they love Mike Vrabel. Like, yeah. Love Plus, the
1: expectations Rabel. are low enough. If they win the AFC South again, thank you. You know, they let's say they get maybe a two seed or something. He's a shoe in.
0: All right, and then my props. You ready for these? Okay. Zeke Elliott under thirteen hundred thirty-two yards, minus one ten. Our projections have them at like eleven thirty. The one you wrote up for the website, which is great, which is Kenny Galladay is over. And uh, and those are the two props I settled on.
1: I like that. I'm I'm writing about Terry McLaurin. I'm not, I'm not even sure what side of that one I like yet.
0: Neither Um, am I. I I had the same thing. I think his is at like, what, 999 or something?
1: I might just write basically like, hey, look, it's a pretty solid one. Um, Derrick Henry, so I wrote about him a couple weeks ago. His prop was over 1,300 yards. It was was like – it was above 1,300 yards. It's now at 1,279.5. The Darion – I'm trying to think of their backup running back, a draft pick out of Appalachian State – he, you know, they're thinking about him. Also, thinking about maybe they're not as, you know, going to be well, ahead man. as much. I think once the, if this thing ever got down to like let's say eleven ninety nine point five, you might have to think about over. But I think that's a solid, you know, solid number for now. Um, I, there are some, like, if you think about quarterbacks that might not make it through the year, and you just want to shove money on their unders. For example, Teddy Bridgewater, his passing yardage prop is thirty three forty nine point five assuming he is healthy for every game he still might not start every game that's a play where you think about under um I'm trying to think about the other you yeah, know but that that's one what quarterback like that's kind of where I'm always looking as quarterbacks that might not finish the season um and then you know I'm trying to think of another one but yeah that's basically it um for me is is you know the overs with Galladay um unders with you know running backs and then Lamar Jackson's has moved so much that I kind of wouldn't even bet his rushing yardage prop at this point now that it's near about 900.
0: All righty. That was a good recap. Going forward, uh, we're going to try and do a couple of uh, things similar to what we did with that redraft where we got groups of people together and we just kind of talked about things that are pertinent and interesting, whether it be with a betting angle, a fantasy football angle, or just like a sports media, football media angle. Um, so we're working on that. Uh, one of the options is obviously with that crew that we had for the redraft, which was a lot of fun. Um, but there's some other good names we have on there. We've put together some groups. We're going to try and get a few of those out of the way as we head towards the season. Um, and that'll be fun real quick before we go. I have one thing I want to read at the end, but how are you feeling, uh, about week one being played as scheduled?
1: Uh, i'm stick I'm gonna stick with my base rate, which I think is about seventy percent I think yes, I think it's still a yes I think
0: percentage it's... we play at least fifty percent of the season
1: two thirds I mean I don't I, don't you think the biggest risk is them not starting until November?
0: yes, uh I do think if we delay or we have to cancel games that's that really worries me. Cause I, I, I'm not sure it's getting that much better. Um,
1: well, and that's, that's how I sort of see it. I don't see yeah. a big difference between if they go ahead and start the season, that means that they've gone through training camp, they've done everything. And then, sure. um, and then at this point it's like, well, they're already pot committed. Right. So yep. like, the, so- the
0: outrage will be done be done soon yeah I
1: mean and, and again we don't want to make like you know outward moral judgments here I think our, our 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 stance has always been that like we want to make sure that everybody's safe but at the same time we want to make sure that the risks are properly yeah. uh, you know uh, valued um, you know there are risks to reward to everything so we I, I I I'm really hopeful that the NFL is going to take all the precautions necessary to make sure that everybody's safe and we can still have a season
0: I agree I second that all right I'm going to get us out of here on this You sent me this uh, snippet on Quibi. We don't have a Quibi segment today because it's on Thursdays. But uh, I wanted to read this to you guys. This is how we'll close it out. People have wondered why Katzenberg and Whitman, those are the two founders, uh, CEOs, in their late and early 60s, respectively, and are not very active on social media and why they would believe they have unique penetrating insight into the unacknowledged desires of young people. When I ask Whitman what TV shows she watches, she responds, I'm not sure I'd class myself, classify myself as an entertainment enthusiast, but any particular show she likes, Grant, she offered on the History Channel. It's about President Grant. Okay, Katzenberg is on the phone all the time, but he is also among the moguls of his generation who have their emails printed out and vertically folded for some reason by an assistant. In enthusing... About what a show could mean for Quibi, Katzenberg would repeatedly invoke the same handful of musty touchstones, America's Funniest Home Videos, Siskel and Ebert, which I don't even know, and Jane Fonda's exercise tapes, which I do know. When Gal Gadot came to the office and delivered an impassioned speech about wanting to elevate the voices of girls and women, Katzenberg wondered aloud whether she might become the new Jane Fonda and do a workout series for Quibi. That part killed kill me. Apparently, her face fell, says a person briefing on the meeting. Where was this from, by the way?
1: I just found a tweet somewhere. Uh, everybody was dragging it. I, Dude. I mean, incredible. It's incredible. Speaking of, I just got to break a little news, and thank you to okay. whomever uh, in the chat here, Eric Youngdahl. Um, Tim Grunhard, former center for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, played with Joe Montana uh, in the 90s, just tweeted, and he also he's on Siren Show you know, as we are, all. Patrick Mahomes fans rejoice. Good news is on the horizon. Hashtag chief forever. There might be some news here on the quarterback front. Uh, moving a forward, chief, you know, today chief forever. Chief forever. Sounds like me.
0: Wow. So what do you think? Like 10 years, 400 million.
1: Can you imagine? Well, here, here's the question I, so to close on this, to answer your question, I think about coronavirus too, more, draft picks signing their contracts recently mm-hmm. should we take anything in that account if if the, if Mahomes signed this deal it's either acknowledgement that they know that the cap is going to shrink or hey let's put some good news out there you know yeah. we'll
0: see all right that's our show we'll be back uh thursday morning thanks guys peace out